Welcome to Thrive Church Online. We are here to know God, to grow in Him, and go. We hope you feel encouraged and equipped through this week's message. Uh, man, we're in a series. It's probably going to end this week. It may not. Um, <laughs> Kyle, what's your blood type? Just to recap real quick. So week one of what's your blood type, we talked about... Um, a negative person, a negative person, as my dad joked, or be positive people. And we talked about how positivity for the sake of positivity really doesn't do anything. But when you when you decide to be like Jesus, you can't help but be positive. Like it's just, man, it's a byproduct of trust in God is, is this trust. Jesus, we were watching The Chosen. Um, I don't even remember which one this, this was, but um, we were watching it and Jesus talked and he said, man, don't worry about what you're going to eat or what you're going to wear. And I'm like, well, I spent a lot of time worrying about that stuff because like interest rates are going up and the economy's going down. And we got, you know, anyway, we just, we got bad leadership right now. And and I'm not saying we had great leadership. I'm just saying it's not easy for me to freak out a little bit. But Jesus is like, time out. If I took care of the birds and I took care of all this stuff, am I not going to take care of you? And I'm like... Ah, so when I remember the things that Jesus teaches, it's easy for me to be positive. Because it's not positive for positive sake. It's positive pointing to a God who loves me and is going to take care of me. And it's not the government. It's not this world that takes care of me. It's my Heavenly Father. And, and so then, man, week two, we, we said, man, you know, and if you live that way, way, then the natural byproduct is generosity. And that God called us not to be closed-fisted, but to be open-handed. Um, that, man, we, we want to be known as a, as a generous church. Well, how is that? It's A generous church can only be birthed out of generous people. And here's the thing. The thing you try to hold on to the most is generally the thing that you're afraid of losing. And oftentimes becomes your God. So like a lot of people struggle in churches, bless you, talk about giving. Why? Because they don't want to talk about it because they feel guilty about it. People that are giving, never mind when I teach about giving. Come on. I mean, it's like, yeah, go on. I don't care. Talk about whatever you want to. It's kind of like this. People that are, that, are, that are looking at stuff they're not supposed to really hate it when I start talking about it. Because it's condemnation. So, man, it's, or not condemnation, but it's conviction. And so, man, I just say this. The thing that we're afraid of turning loose of oftentimes is the thing that God really wants to work on our hearts. So we talked about that and being generous. And then... Last week, we used the analogy um, of a bucket. And um, we said, man, you, you know, a lot of times people's lives get too heavy because they're putting too much stuff in their bucket. Um, so this week, I made the mistake. I was flipping through trying to find a football game and ad- accidentally watched the news. <laughs> Dude, that bucket got filled in a minute. It wasn't with sand. It was with manure. And I'm like, man, I got to dump some of this out. You know what I'm talking about? So, so I'm just saying that, that, man, your life only has so much space in it. And you have to control um, pretty intense, intently and intensively what goes into your bucket. Uh, Jay, would you grab me a bottle of water? I'm going to need it in about 30 seconds. Oh, is it open? Have you cracked the seal? Good. No, I mean, not that I would care to drink after you, but there's a point to it. Um, so... Um, you know, I've been all in this blood kick. Not like I've been sacrificing stuff, but like, like <laughs> bloodletting. No, just like, like because we're in a series talking about blood. Um, 
And uh, my son is going through paramedic school, and we were just talking. And um, I, I, I really sat and said, man, what is it like to have the, the blood of Christ running through you? And I don't mean just like, like it covers sin and provides for healing and blah, blah, blah. That I'm talking about like, what does it mean for something to flow into and out of us at the same time? And so um, I got to looking at the human cells, and basically your blood... Uh, red cells turn over every 120 days. And basically they reproduce themselves. And I was sitting there studying this yesterday and I was like, have you ever noticed that one bad decision leads you to another bad decision that leads you to... Because those cells begin to split. You ever lied about something? Yeah. So what do you have to do? One, you got to remember the lie and then I got to tell another lie to cover that lie up because the lies by default are inconsistent. Hey, where's your brother? Am I my brother's keeper? No, but your brother's blood cries out. You know, like one lie brings you to another place because cells divide. But here's a here's a thought: because um, I'm I really get tired of me sometimes. You ever not like you? Like like there are times I irritate the daylights out of myself. Like I'm like I don't even want to be around me. And so what happens is when that frustration builds, it continues to split, and my frustration gets worse, and then I talk to somebody and they irritate me, not because they're irritating, because from the inside out I'm irritated. And it splits. And then they become irritated because the pastor was mean to them. Now... Man, we're beginning to change the DNA on a cellular level. We're beginning to change who and what we are. And on one hand, I was like, man, that, that's bad. But then I thought, what if I took 120 days and I really decided that I was going to make sure that my DNA was good? That like my blood supply was really, really good. Like I was being that person that God really called me to be. Jesus does um, this weird thing in um, John chapter 15, 1 through 11. And it, it, I mean, Jesus is just a trip. So anyway, let's take a look at it. John 15, 1 through 11. Uh, Jesus makes this statement. He said, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Okay. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I'll go with you. Every branch in me does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Okay, pause. This Man, we can shout this. Man, anything that doesn't bear fruit, he cuts out. And everything that does bear fruit, he trims so it bears more. Woo! Yeah, but you know what? I don't like being cut. Can I get a like? Like, I don't really like God correcting me. I don't care for conviction. I like carefree, not conviction. I want to feel how I feel. I want to think what I think. Scripture says, and I'm going to preach on this in the next thing, that, that your feelings are deceitful. It don't really matter how you feel. I have people all the time go, hey, Pastor, I need to talk to you about the way I feel. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> You ain't going to like me in about 30 minutes. You're going to be like, he doesn't understand. He understands. He's just saying that, man, your feelings are subject to what God's called you to be. 
And he said this, he said, man, he said, you've got to understand this, that one, if there's something in your life that isn't productive, we got to get rid of it. And even the stuff that is productive, we're going to have to work on. You ever decided you were going to be positive? And then you ran into somebody who was an A? Finish that however you want to. And all of a sudden, the cell, all of a sudden, the cell is going to divide in some way, shape, or form. Jesus looks at us and says, man, look, sometimes I have to let you run into the things that you don't want to run into so that you can cut them out. But sometimes I'm going to let you be in situations that cause you to exercise the thing that you don't like to work out. I do not mind working out arms, chest, I hate back. And legs to me are optional. But if I don't work my legs, because I have naturally small legs, I look like, if I get this built, I'm going to look like I stole a chicken. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like the gym. I don't mind it once I'm done with it. I'm never motivated to go to the gym. I got a buddy who's like, let's go to the gym. I'm like, let's pray and say we did. <laughs> I'm not that motivated. I like the results when I'm done. Can I be honest? I'm not always motivated to read my Bible. Anybody ever read it and been like, I no clue. <laughs> but sometimes it's that it's letting the cell reproduce the action. You can leave that scripture up. I'm literally going line by line this morning. I know. I'm sorry, Chad. Everybody, give Chad a little love this morning. He don't know what. So. So Jesus looks and he says, man, I, you're, you are going to be pruned. Everything, everything that you're working on is stuff you're going to have to work on. But I wonder this. Let's keep going. Verse 3. You are already clean because of the word I've spoken into you. How come it is when God wants to prune something, suddenly we think something's wrong with us? Jesus said, look, you're good. Like You're going to heaven. Those of us that have accepted Jesus, right? We're going to heaven. You're good enough. I love working with new leaders because they never think they're good enough. I love blowing wind in that sail. I'm like, look, look, God put everything inside of you that you needed. Just because you're uncomfortable with it doesn't mean you're not good at it. But you ain't worked it enough to figure out one way or the other. Imagine walking into the gym and going, hey, I'm going to get on the treadmill. Ooh, this doesn't feel right. I'm off. All right, but you get on it, you're like, okay, let's see what this button does. Okay, a little incline, I don't like that. Let's bring it back down. You're watching people on the treadmill that are walking like this. Like, I see women do it, and they, they've still got on all their five pounds of makeup. And I'm like, you're not working out. Just go home. Then you see the girl who looks like it all slid to one side. She looks like the Joker off of Batman. And you're like, that chick been working out right there. <laughs> she, she, anyway, that had nothing to do with Jesus. But God said this. He said, he said, look, it's okay that you work at stuff, but it doesn't mean that you're not where I've called you to be. Stop, stop discounting yourself because I'm pruning parts of your life. Stop thinking that because you, you didn't succeed at something that you can't do something. And because you quit it and you have to pick it back up doesn't mean that somehow you're deficient. You ever notice that you prune something and it grows back out and you prune something and it grows back out and you prune something and finally it gets thick enough that it can hold the blooms and stuff and then you let it go. Why do we think that if Jesus used this analogy, we're any different? 
And he goes on and he says this in verse 4. He said, abide in me and I in you. Jesus said, look, no. <laughs> Praise the Master. You know the bad thing is? On my Mac, I don't even know how to turn that off. So, <laughs> at least somebody is. <laughs> Sweet Jesus. So abide in me. Here's what Jesus said. He said, I need you, I need you to be consistent whether I'm pruning you or not to spend time with me so that I can spend time with you. So that you can spend time. Look, you're good enough. Just because we're working on something doesn't mean we're not connected. I prune. I discipline those whom I love. He goes on and he says this, As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. Jesus said, look, trying to be good isn't going to change you. It's trying to be like Jesus. That's what changes you. Look, anybody ever decided they're going to do something like on your own? I'm not talking about like a Jesus moment. I'm talking about like, I'm going to start eating better. No, eh, you're probably not. You're probably not. I'm going to start going to the gym. Ah, look, I owned a gym membership for a year and a half before I ever went in the door. They had to take my picture and they're like, hey, I see you've been a member for a year and a half. Can we get your picture? I'm like, feel a little judged here, uh, Skip. Anyway, so Jesus said this. He said, the real way to change is to remember that it's about, it's about constantly coming back to me and looking at how I did it and then you trying to do it. And then you go and look at me and you try to be like me and ask for my help in these things because here's the thing. You're always going to be pruned and you're always going to be corrected. We're always going to be trimming and growing, trimming and growing and cutting. It's, it's, it never ends. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad vine. It just means I'm trying to squeeze every ounce of fruit out of your life that I possibly can. He goes on in verse 5 and he says this. He said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it, he it, it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. He said, man, he said, the only way that you can really have this, this full life is to remember that I have to be in the, in the flow of everything that you do. I am the vine and you're the branch. I'm the big part and you're the little part. Why whenever God asks us to do something, do we start making ourselves the big part? Man, I wish I could, but I can't. Yeah, that's why you're connected to the vine. Because apart from me, if you try to do this without me, you cut yourself off from the source that lets you change. Yeah, but I'm not getting there quick. Have you, have you ever grown a rose bush or a, or a grapevine? Macy was talking about being in dry seasons this morning. Just because a, a, a grapevine doesn't have any leaves and it looks dead, man, you, you need to give that to the end of summer because you don't know what it's about to do. Like, like, like a grapevine will sneak up on you. You'd be like, you can walk by and break pieces off, and then you walk by in, in the summer and be like, what happened? <laughs> Literally, we have a grapevine at our house. It's at my, my father-in-law's house, and it's in the path that we walk our dog on every day. And we, we walked by there, and, and it looked really bad. Actually, we were talking about the parts of it that were dead. And then we walked back by there and we're like, the next day it was like full of leaves. But then it didn't do anything. And we're like, okay, well, this is probably the year it's just going to like throw a bunch of leaves on, but it's not going to do anything. And then all of a sudden, overnight, all these little grapes appeared. And then they stayed green for like seven months. And we're like, well, it's probably not going to 
I walked by there yesterday, and every time I went by, I pulled a, a cluster off, and I walked around the yard eating grapes while I walked the dog. And they're so good, and they're so sweet. But here's the thing. If I would have just judged it by each stage, I would have given up on it before it bared fruit. Here's the thing. I wonder if in your dry seasons, if you give up on the vine. I wonder if in the seasons where, where some stuff is produced, but it really isn't getting the yield and the color and the look that you want, if maybe you give up on it too soon because it doesn't look like it's going according to your speed. You know the only person that can grow grapes? God. He controls the sun, the rain, the clouds, the temperature, the environment, all that. Why do, why do, because you think your environment and your temperature is wrong, you think God can't grow the fruit that He's trying to grow on you. Maybe God has you in the temperature and the season that you're in, not because He doesn't love you, but because He's trying to grow the fruit in your life that you really need for the next thing. So He goes on and He says this in verse 6. He said, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like branch and withers. And the branches are gathered together and thrown in the fire and burn. Here's the thing. Apart from God, you have a life that's heading to hell. Now, can I say this? Even Christians can start heading their life towards hell. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm always in this season. Well, maybe you ain't pruning anything. You just leaving dead stuff and you figure, wonder why it's, it's getting lit off. Anybody see the one house is it in Hawaii that was built out of um, that stood, was it, yeah, fire resistant redwood, and these people put fire these fire rocks all the way around their house, so everything burned but this one house. And I sit there and I'm like, man, God, the world can burn around me, but if I'm built out of the right stuff, then I don't get burned by the situation or the season that I'm in. And he goes on in verse 7 and he says this. He said, if you abide in me and I in you, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish and it'll be done to you. And at first, man, I believe this. I think that we can pray according to God's will and he'll do anything we ask. Can I, can I, can I give you another slant on the same scripture? If you abide in me and my words abide in you. In other words, I understand what you're trying to make me into. Ask whatever you want and it'll be done for you. Not easy, but you can become what I've called you to become, but all you have to do is ask and pursue it. You ever get ready to ask somebody out but you thought they wouldn't go? And then later you find out they were just waiting on you to ask? Welcome to God's theology on you. God's like, look, I created you to be this. I just need you to ask me and pursue it. Pursue it in the drought. Pursue it in the rain. Pursue it in the... Winter, pursue it in this. Let me prune. Let me let me clip. Let me, man. If you're willing for me to work on you, and you'll you'll keep asking me for it, you'll get there. He goes on in verse eight, and he said this: By this, my Father is glorified that you bear a little bit of fruit, much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. He said this. He said, man, if if you want to know how God gets glory, it's by your life, and it's what God does in it, man. And here's the thing, I think what we do a lot of times is we ask God to change us into something. And because He doesn't do it the first time we ask, like a microwave dinner, God does not microwave anything. God is a slow cooker. You know what I'm talking You walk by and you're like, oh, it ain't never going to be done. You walk by, oh, it ain't never going to be done. Oh, God. And then you go, watching TV and you're like, Oh my gosh. 
what is that smell? And you walk in there and you pull that lid off. And you're like, oh, but the meat's not tender. So you put the lid back on it. And now you check it every 30 minutes because you think it's just going to happen. And then you just about give up on it. And you're like, we just going to eat it tough. All the men in the house said, amen. Women will wait on it. Men are like, oh, it'll be fine. I chew it up. It's all coming out the same. It'll be fine. But then you go in there and you put a fork in it. And all of a sudden, you can't even pick it up out of the crock pot. Because God has done the work with the lid shut. And over a long period of time, cooking it one degree at a time. It's one of the reasons my son and I love smoking meat so much. Because it seems like it's never going to happen. You ever felt like you're never going to be what God called you to be, but God's like, baby, all I'm doing is, is slow cooking you. I'm, 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 giving you I'm giving you a smoke seasoning. Because the, the great thing about uh, smoked meat is you can pull it out of the smoker and you can let it rest. Because sometimes you need a rest before you figure out everything that God's going to do in your life. But when you walk by the next day and it's in that Tupperware and you pull it out and it's cold out of the fridge... And you pop the top off. All my guys who smoke meat know what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And you eat it cold, and it still tastes like smoke. Because here's the thing. Once you abide in the Father, even when you're put in different environments, you'll always have the smell and the taste of the Father. He goes on and he says this in 9. He says, as the Father loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. Here's the thing. We forget sometimes how much Jesus loves us. Jesus said, you know the way God loves me? It's the way I love you. So if you ever wonder my feelings in those pruning seasons of how I feel about you, here it is. God never gave up on Jesus. Even when Jesus prayed, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass. But if not, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus said, it don't matter how I feel. I'm trying to grow into what you want me to be. Verse 10 and 11, He said this, If you keep my commandments... You will abide in my love just as I've kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Verse 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. You ever wonder why you're not happy? Because you're not pressing into being who and what God created you to be. Well, how do I do that? You grow the parts He wants to grow and you clip the parts He wants clipped. We make Jesus way harder than He has to be. What's your theology on this clip and grow? And in a few spots in my life, I need some miracle grow. Can I get a hallelujah like from somebody? Like some places I feel like, man, you're going to have to sprinkle a little bit of something extra because I struggle with this. But Jesus said this, man, remember how I feel about you. Matter of fact, I'm going to end um, the message with, with, this, um, with this part out of Galatians because Jesus said bear fruit. And I often wonder like, what is the fruit Jesus wants me to bear? Well, Paul writes and says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. You want a 120-day sale transformation? Here it comes. God, I'm going to start working on love. Man, how do I love the world around me? How do, man, how do I show love? Man, they are ticking me off. How do I love them, Jesus? I don't want to love them. How do I love them? Prune that part in me. Jesus, help me to see in people what you see in people. God, let me not give up on people prematurely. God, let me not see myself through a crazy... Because remember this, Jesus said, love your neighbor as your... God, maybe I need to spend some season loving me. I, oh, can I just, can I swat a hornet's nest and then walk away from it? No, no, I need permission from my ladies. Okay. 
women always say this. So I grew up with three sisters. They're, they're, they vary across personality and, and shape and hair color. And so I've got one. She used to be, before we all got older, she used to be blonde hair and blue eyes. I think it's blue eyes. She has eyes. Um, <laughs> and then two sisters that are dark feature, right? Now, here's the thing. The blonde hair wanted darker hair. The darker hairs wanted lighter hair. The shortest one wanted to be taller. The taller one wanted to be shorter. The thinner one wanted a few more pounds and a, other things. And the, and, the, and the bigger one wanted to be thinner. And the, they were never happy. Here's the thing. Jesus said this. You can't love other people until you love you. And changing a number on a scale or a dress size or a hair color or whatever else it is, I'm not a woman, I don't know, is not going to make you love you. If you can't love you right now, you can't love you then. And if you can't love you, you can't love anybody else. You can never love your husband the way he needs to be loved, your kids the way they need to be loved. You can Now, I'm going to say this, dads, if you are frustrated in your own life, don't live a life you're frustrated with because you can't love your family well if you don't love you. That's why Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Because Jesus said, I love you the way that God loves me, and you have to love you the same way. Does this make any sense to you? And it's the hardest thing. So you may have to lean in and go, God, prune these bad thoughts about me out of my own head. God, prune these insecurities out of me. God, prune, 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 prune. Now grow this. Man, I am beautiful. I am. You need to have a set of I am statements. My wife will tell you, I look at her and go, I can do anything. may not be right. Maybe rigged up. I can't build. I, I, God knows I cannot build. We got, we, we, shoot, my wife came out and said, what we need to do is we need to tear this rail off our deck. We need to build a set of steps. We got a hot tub that was, it was a gift. And we need to set a steps up to it. And then we need a box to put things in. And I need a planter box. I said, I'll build them. <laughs> now look, don't look too close. All my ends aren't exactly squared. One of my tops, I got a little wave in it. Figured out some stuff I did wrong. Do you know what? I did it. Don't have to be perfect. I just I, I just had to step into it. Here's the thing: your love may be a little wavy when you start. It may be a little out of square. Just keep my son and I. I told you we we build different. My son draws everything out and pre measures and right. I'm like nail it, screw it together, cut it. We'll figure it out when we get to the top. If it's out of square, we'll just push on a little bit, shoot some more nails in. We'll figure it out. Here's the thing. You've got to figure out how God is developing you and work your plan. My son and I figured out this. We either got to go off his plan or my plan. Mirroring those two together don't work. You can only be you by the design that God created to build you in. So man, if the fruit of the Spirit is love. Okay man, maybe you need to take a season. Learn how to love people and learn how to love yourself. I would start with myself. Then he goes on, he said, man, you need, to, you need to work on joy. Well, joy isn't laughing hysterically. <laughs> that is not joy. That's, that's probably marijuana. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. You're probably, you're, probably hitting a, you're probably hitting a little J. You know what I'm talking about? So, 
Joy is this. I choose to find the good in everything. I, I look for the Jesus in everything. Hey, guess what? Guess what? We're about to be overrun by the Chinese. Well, guess what? I guess I'm about to start a Chinese ministry. I don't know. Like, it's going to be fine. Well, the economy's going to crash. You know what? God, God sent, sent the prophet bread in a raven. So, man, I wonder how it's going to work out for him. It's looking for Jesus in everything. He's, he goes on. He says this peace. Man, peace is not something you have or don't have. It's something you press into. Peace is controlling your thinking and remembering who you serve and the provision of God and the hand of God and that, that all things work to the good of those who diligently seek Him. My job is to diligently seek. His job is to work it out. Why do we spend so much time trying to work it out instead of just diligently seeking? He goes on, he said this, patience. I try to skip this one. Can I be honest? I don't want patience. Because I don't want to have to deal with people stupid to be patient with them. I don't even like being patient with me. I should have been done yesterday. Everything. My wife and son will tell you. Everything for me is late. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. They pick on me. We, we, we went shopping. Uh, Brandon's birthday is Monday. And we went shopping. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. And so we went shopping on Friday. And they're like, why are you, why are you walking that fast? I'm like, because you said we had three stores to get to. <laughs> but this is, we're supposed to enjoy it. I will. When I check the box that it's done, I'll enjoy it. Lord, maybe maybe I need. To, so my wife, I bought my wife a Jeep for her fiftieth birthday. It's an old Jeep, and and but it, no, but Jeeps only go one speed, low and slow. That is the tempo. No Beastie Boys fans in the house. I see. Okay, so it's got one speed. Like on the interstate, you you merge onto the slow lane and you do this. <laughs> And you get off on the next exit because it does. Anybody ever had a Wrangler? You you hit the gas and it turns out what? No, uh, uh, that ain't happening, Captain. Right? I love driving it because it changes my pace and pushes me to patience. But I ain't passing nobody in that Jeep. If I pass you, it's because you broke down. <laughs> Kindness. You know what? You you. You really have to work on kindness when people aren't being kind to you. Jesus said, don't repay evil for evil, but repay evil with good. Woo, Jesus. You talking about developing me? But here's the thing. If you work on these, go ahead and go to 23. I'm sorry, go back. I forgot faithfulness. Woo. You know why Jesus said faithfulness? Because you will bail on the stuff you don't want to do. <laughs> you ever notice you will procrastinate out all the stuff? Man, I need to go to the gym tomorrow. I'm going to start that diet Monday next month of 2024. I read my Bible right before I go to bed. Oh, I'm so tired. Jesus will wait till in the morning. God said this. He said, go back one. He said, man, if you'll just learn to be faithful, just, just do what you commit to yourself and other people that you're going to do. Learn, just work on it. Then he goes on. Now you can go to 23, sorry. He said gentleness. Why did God say gentle? Because sometimes you want to blow some crap up. You ever just want to be, oh no, wait till I get there. I'm bringing the heat. God said, look, sometimes what you need to do is you need to walk outside and have your moment with you, say everything you want to say, and then walk in and be gentle. 
My team will tell you all the time, I'll call them so frustrated with the leader. I'm like, when I see them, we're going to have a come to Jesus meeting and Jesus may not be there. It's my favorite line. And then I get in there and I'm like, look, man, God's got a plan. Let's just relax. It's just true story. They're like, I thought we were going to blow that up. And you went in and you were just all gentle. And I'm like, yeah, because I prayed. Man, you need some self-control. You know why? Because against these things, there's no law. Here's what I think. I think if you took 120 days and said, man, I'm going I'm to change who I am on the cellular level. Because here's the thing. Once you start loving people, love has a way of reproducing. When you're gentle with people, gentleness has a way of reproducing. When you're faithful, it has a way of reproducing. When you're gentle, it has a way of reproducing. When you're, man, when you begin to put these things into play, they have a way of coming back around. Here's the thing. They're not natural. That's why you prune and grow. Jesus said this, he said, if you really, if you really want to be where I've called you to be, you must bear much fruit. That means that there should be a season in your life every year, maybe twice a year, where you go, hey, am I love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control against such things? There are no law. God, let me take them one at a time and just make sure they're present in my life. Because when they become absent, you'll feel it. Ooh, I was not gentle. Let me go back and apologize. Hey, look, that was not Christ-like. My bad. Because you know who it's probably going to be with? Your wife or your kids. Your husband or your kids. It's generally who you're not going to be. Or, or if you're a student, your parents. You know why? Because you know they'll forgive you. My patience is, is, is on the interstate. And I've, I have now started, like, I've limited myself to three lanes when I travel for the next week. I can't go in a real fast lane. My wife, we were, we were riding uh, to the store the other day, and my wife sat beside me, and she's like, we were in her car. Her, her car has 240,000 miles on it. It's 07. Oh, we pimp. <laughs> so she takes it easy on her car, right? Like, she, she babies it, and that's probably why it hasn't, right? And I'm in it, and I'm going with the flow of traffic. I mean, somebody's got to set the flow. And she goes, you naturally drive at 80. Fair enough. Because she goes, how fast are you going? Um, I'm going about 74. Well, yeah, but how fast were you going when I asked you? That was not your question. Because if I delay answering the question long enough with my foot off the gas, steadily we're getting down to an acceptable number. And she asked me a question. She said, why are you in such a hurry when we're just going to shop? Because my patience tank is lower than it needs to be. My joy tank is lower than it needs to be. I can't just enjoy the moment. I've got to live for the next one. That's not the way Christ did it. Does this make sense? So it's not just allowing God to prune you in those big areas. Are you okay with God pruning you in the little ones? You okay with God challenging you with the stuff that you don't want to be? Here's the thing. There's a world that's thirsty for what God has already put inside of you. But if you came and gave me this and I, and I was like, well, I'm still thirsty. Until you open yourself up to be poured out, you're closed off to doing everything that God told you to do. 
No, but, but what if what if when I go to give somebody a drink, we spill some? Anybody ever had it run down your face because you're so thirsty? You know why? Because sometimes answering the call of God is messy. Sometimes you even drop the bottle. But until you're willing to be open and have God do this stuff in you, nothing. what God can't do in you, He can't do through you. So my challenge to you today, is, as we get ready to come to close, is this, is over the next 120 days, as your cells reproduce themselves, would you be willing to lean into the fruit of the Spirit and just go, okay, God, what does this look like in my life? God, what do you want me to do? Remember the other day that I said that change isn't always sexy, it's consistent? Man, if, God, I'm, I'm going to faithfully go after the fruit of the Spirit. May not always make it. It'll be okay. But if I press towards it, Paul said, I pre the one thing I do, forgetting what's behind, forget, forget your mistakes, press towards the high call of the prize, the goal of Jesus. Man, I think if we do that, I think in 120 days you'll like the version of you a whole lot better than the one that sits here. The Reverend Matthew McConaughey was asked one time. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. They said, uh, hey, who's your hero? He said, me in five years. The reporter came back in five years and said, hey, five years, are you your hero? He said, no, come back in five years and I'll be that guy. The point of it was this, I'm always trying to get better. I'm not saying follow Matthew McConaughey, but that particular theory is pretty right. Man, the version of you now should look a whole lot different than you in five years. So, as we come to close, man, my prayer is just going to be that God begins over the next 120 days uh, to change your life. Can we pray? Father, as we get ready to dismiss, Lord, I just ask that You do us this one favor. God, that's let us press into You. God, for those who are in a dry season, Father, will You let rivers of living water flow out of their life? God, will you prune in us the things that need to be pruned? God, will you grow in us the things that you're trying to grow? Father, will you let us show ourselves as faithful to you as you've been to us? Father, today if there's anybody, whether they're online or here in-house, that maybe doesn't know you, God, they're, they're not in right relationship with you. Will you give them the courage right now? We won't embarrass them, but just to slip their hand up. If you're here and you're like, you know what, Pastor, today's the day I need to change. Today's the day I need to make God the Lord of my life. That I need to accept Jesus and His salvation. Will you slip your hand up? Thank you so much. Anybody else? Thank you so much. Anybody else online? Let's just pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, right now I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me right with you. Thank you for loving me and let me spend my life loving you back. In Jesus' name, amen. Give these folks a round of applause. Hey, real quick, um, uh, if you made that decision this morning, I'm going to encourage you to email us at amen at thrivechurchonline.com. Again, that's amen at thrivechurchonline.com. Here's what we want to do. A lot of times people um, give their life to Jesus, but then don't know what to do next. Um, our heart is this. Uh, literally, we just walked a guy through. The first step for us is, how do I know I'm saved? Like, once I give my life to Jesus, how do I know that's enough? 
Um, we have folks that we've set up as guides that are here for the, the folks that, that are new believers, or maybe you've been a believer a long time, but you feel like you missed some steps. We would love to connect you with somebody that says, hey, you can go on a journey of, of just some basic discipleship with this person. you got somebody to ask questions to, somebody to talk to, but somebody to help you navigate um, imagine it being a whitewater rafting adventure. Somebody to help guide you down the river because there are going to be some whitewaters. Can I get a, can I get an amen? Um, and you just need somebody to help you in that process. And we want to be there for you because we're all in the same raft, the same boat together. So um, again, will you just give these folks a round of applause? Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for being part of our Thrive Tribe. If you want to partner with this ministry and what the Lord is doing here at Thrive, visit thrivechurchonline.com and click on the Give tab. Help us reach more people just like you by rating and subscribing to this podcast. You don't want to miss what's coming next.